You are listening to Discovery Church Podcast. So, but today uh, we're going to do something super fun. Uh, we got a panel of moms that are going to just come up here and have fun. So you guys can come up here, those of you that, um, that I had spoken to. Don't all jump at once. It's okay. There we go. Come on, leaders. There we go. Hey. You need help up or? There it is. Baby, come on this side so I don't look bad. This is my wife. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. I was planning on giving a message this morning, and I was meeting with my pastor friends who lead uh, churches all throughout Santa Rosa, and, uh, and um, I was like, hey, guys, I'm, I'm going to be giving the message on Mom's Day. And they looked at me, and they said, what do you know about moms, about being a mom? And I said, good point. <laughs> so... We improvised, we uh, audibled, and so we're excited to have these moms up here today. And so here's, here's what it's going to look like. We're going to, I have a couple questions for the moms, and um, they're going to share their hearts a little bit. And then I believe that God has given me a specific word um, for moms, but I think it re- it's relatable to everyone here. And then after that, we would love to pray for you. And so uh, we're at, when we're done with this, we're going to ask, if you want to, you don't have to, it's America, it's a free country. But we're asking the moms to come up, and we're just gonna uh, we're gonna pray for each mom, because um, uh, from what I know of my wife, it ain't easy being a mama. Come on, Amen. and uh, and uh, yeah. So <laughs> so without any uh, further ado, let me introduce uh, who we have. We have Robin and Jerry Ann, and then Vanessa, my wife, and so we're excited um, to get going. And y'all ready to have some fun? Let's give a hand for all the moms, actually. All the moms. Come on. To all the ladies in the place with style and grace. Hey, here we go. First question. Uh, And don't be shy, okay? Don't be shy. Uh, What is your favorite story of being, about being a mom? Um, well, I had a lot to think over, and I just thought the way that I became a mom is my favorite story of being a mom. Uh, Mother's Day was not always my best day. It was a difficult day because it was a reminder that I really wanted to be a mom, and that was not happening for me. Uh, my baby fever kicked in <clears throat> one month after I got married. And it lasted for 13 years. That's a long time when you're waiting. But 24 years ago, and this is the coolest thing, it is 24 years ago to this day. In Springdale, Arkansas, in a hospital waiting room. Uh Uh-oh, you forgot the Kleenex, John. (laughs) You're not prepared for mothers. A young woman named Melanie placed her newborn son in my arms, and God made him mine. Awesome. Um, Yeah. That night, we were staying in this hospitality house. Churches in other states are a whole different thing. This church had a hospitality house, couple of them, on their property. We were staying there, and there were skylights in the bedroom. And that night, there was a huge thunder and lightning storm. 
and we felt like heaven was setting off its fireworks <laughs> just for us to celebrate that long-awaited thing. And then the next day, this church also had its own forest with a prayer trail. So we take our newborn son on this prayer trail, and literally every 20 yards there is this wooden sign of um, God's faithfulness to answer prayer as we are carrying this little guy around. And then when he was five days old. There you go. Keep it, keep Clearly they think you need more. <laughs> when our little Samuel, because we named him Samuel too. Um, when he was five days old, we took him on an airplane, flew him home to California. And that was back in the day when your people could meet you right there at the gate. And we were immediately surrounded by dozens of crying relatives with balloons and banners and signs, and they just surrounded us in this beautiful, chaotic welcome home thing. And that began my journey as a mother. Awesome. Yeah. Jerry Ann? Well, you said we could be serious or funny. Sure. But no. Yeah. <laughs> I'll save the funny for later. Um, so I was trying to to think back because I've had um, being a divorced parent and then having that time as a single mom and trying to do the right things and say the right things for your child and, um, and just trust in God that um, you're going to put, put forth those, you know, the right perspective and mm. standards in his life and I, it, I started thinking back of a moment that I was super proud of, of him and being able to, to see that and to see God working in his life. And um, last year, um, there's a ceremony with a program that he's involved in in school, and it's really the, um, the passing of the light from the eighth graders down to the seventh graders. And then there's these, these special awards that the eighth graders hold that you know nothing about unless you've been to one of these ceremonies and, um, you, and, and you've witnessed this, there was an award for wisdom. And so it's another eighth grader chooses a seventh grader to follow that they've seen through the past two years exhibit these traits and who they feel they, they think about and talk about and who they feel they want to pass that on to. And um, the funny part of this story is I thought I had poison oak, so I was in the shower cleaning my legs when my, my son received this award. So I, I thought secretly he wouldn't know I was, there, was not there. <laughs> but to know, to have another child see that in yeah. him and to pass that down to him and then to have the parents and teachers follow up with me directly on why they felt. Trent was so deserving of that and that that was the true recipient yeah. of that wisdom award and I just felt like those those traits and what he does and what he's learning through his walk with God he's sharing that with those around them him and it's being noticed and that makes me very very proud as yeah. mom awesome awesome go ahead Vanessa Okay. Hello. <laughs> um, well, I don't have a proud moment, and I don't have a, uh, a very... I mean, I do have proud moments, but I can't really think of one right now. Uh, and I don't have a very... 
powerful moment, but I do have a kind of lighthearted one. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> one <of those. laughs> I guess we'll end in that. Um, so anyways, you know, having a little young princess in this day of age is so difficult. Let me tell you, it is a struggle. And so uh, my daughter, uh, I don't know if you have little ones, but um, they are obsessed with um, The Greatest Showman. Um, so <laughs> anyways, my daughter grew typically very fond of Zendaya. Uh, she is, yeah, <laughs> you know who she is. <laughs> I love that. And she's a, this beautiful young lady, and she is a trapeze artist. Um, and then so my, my daughter discovered her through that movie. And so one day she was looking through my phone, and um, she found a, a, um, a show that she's a part of. And Zendaya, as beautiful as she is, she doesn't dress age appropriate for my daughter. So my daughter nowadays, I mean recently, came out in this very short dress. Actually, it wasn't even a dress. It was a shirt, but she Pray thought, for me. <laughs> she thought... She thought it was really cute because Zendaya wore something like it. And I was mortified and I was like, oh my gosh, what is she doing? You know, back in the day, I was obsessed with Madonna. So this is God just, <laughs> he's hilarious. He just loves to mess with me. And uh, she comes in dressing like Zendaya. And so I was like, John, what are we going to do about this? Like, this is not, this is not cool. Like, not at all. And uh, my husband's like, you just have to take Zendaya away from her. <laughs> and so now my daughter can't watch Zend anything Zendaya-related. Zendaya-free zone. Yeah. <laughs> Until she gets older and, you know, obviously is a little bit more age-appropriate. But, um, yeah, I'm just telling you, it is a struggle to raise a kid in this culture nowadays. It's just like it's really a constant battle learning how to... Obviously, we don't want to completely shelter our kids, but finding that balance where you're allowing them to see what's going on in the world, but also teaching them how to, how to act, how to be. And so um, I just want to encourage you, young moms, that it is possible, and um, good luck. <laughs> right on. So here, here's the second question. Uh, favorite Bible verse that has helped you with motherhood? Okay, well, there are tons of them. Yes. But the one that uh, came to me as I was thinking about this was just the story of the prodigal son. And reason being that it models to me how God parents us. Yeah. And some things that I've taken out of that is that God is not afraid of our big mistakes and messes and he gives us the free will to choose that and it's very hard especially and I'm, I'm thinking more of the older children um, teenagers and young adults uh, not to race in and prevent them from making mistakes um, God doesn't do that with us um, and when we make those mistakes he neither disowns us nor rushes in to remove the consequences of our own actions, but he patiently watches and waits for us to come to our senses. I love that part where it says he came to his senses because I'm looking forward to that day. 
<laughs> when a couple of my, when my boys come to their senses and um, before we can even get the words out of our mouths, he's welcoming us back home with open arms and throws a party. Thank you. She had time. Like, Hold on. Give us time to rethink. Robin should not have lived. Start with me person. So mine is very simple. Um, Proverbs 3.5. And trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And I think that that comes in so many facets as a mother. From I think about that moment when I first found out I was pregnant. And all... I started thinking about, oh my gosh, what if he doesn't come home when he goes out at night and he misses curfew and what if this and what, and I started getting, I started getting really scared. And then I picked up the phone and called my mother and apologized for everything <laughs> that I, I, I hadn't even had my child yet, but all of a sudden that I knew exactly what she had gone through because you, there's, you get so scared, there's so much and you really just have to Put it in God's hands and trust him from, from the strength that, that he's going to give you the strength that you need, that he's going to give you the courage, and that he's going to give you the self-control that you don't want to lock your child in a closet or beat him when he's you know, out of control. I see you over there. But um, no. But it just, that, just to me, going back to that simple verse and just, just trusting in God with all of it. So she basically read my notes. <laughs> I wrote mine down so in case whoever went before me said the same thing. We didn't no, look no, like we were caught. But it's actually just in line. It's actually a different verse, but it's from Psalms as well. Psalms 55, 22. Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. And um, there's one thing that I've always learned from my mom. This is me growing up in my household is... My mom always, no matter what was happening around us, because our, our family's been through a lot. Like, I had problems with asthma. I almost died three times. My brother had heart issues. Uh, my other brother, he, um, he went through some issues as well, some scares with cancer and stuff like that. So despite all that happening, I always saw my mom trusting in God. Yeah. And so that's one thing I want, the, sorry, the legacy I want to leave for my child yeah. Is that no matter what he goes through, he can trust in God. Yeah. Amen. And I see, unfortunately, some, because uh, my son is a lot like me, my oldest, um, Eli, he worries a lot. And it's funny because without knowing his personality, I remember in his baby book, the last piece of advice I gave for him was like, please do not worry about anything. And um, always trust in God. And so I think um, that I, I want to live to that example myself. And um, so, yeah, so that's, that's the verse. That's good. That's good. <laughs> right on. So last question um, for you moms. Uh, how has being a mom help you, helped you understand or see Jesus better? Okay. Well, um, being a mom has helped me understand how much God loves me. It's not until you stare into the, you, you just stare at your newborn for hours on end 
and think this is the most beautiful baby I've ever seen in my life. And the baby's doing nothing but being yours. And I am God's and he loves he you know much more than I have for my little babies that are now big babies. He totally has for me. And then also seeing my absolute need for him. Because so many times as a mom and every mom in this room knows that we come to the end of ourselves and we do not know what to do. And we cry out to God for his heart and his plan. And without him, I don't know how the rest of the world does it. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Could you repeat the question, please? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so caught up in Robin's. <laughs> it could be a million different answers. <laughs> yeah. How has being a mom helped you understand or see Jesus better? So I do have to agree with Robin in, in that fact of just what, how you see God work through your child and that being the greatest gift that could ever be given. And I know we had a, a series back not too long ago when we talked about um, a child, the child being given to you by God, and how that is the most precious gift God could ever give you. And watching him work, I think seeing Jesus through my child from the, the respect, the grace, the trust, and the wisdom, and those things that come that, that you, you work as a mother to, um, to teach your child about God and the ways of God in, in yeah. those facets so that as they grow their journey, they take on their own journey and they're not as, you know, as a young child, they're walking their journey with you, mm-hmm. but then to pull those, those parts in and to watch how as a mother, just to watch Jesus working beyond that gift that was giving now in that gift of that soul, that, that human, what, what they're doing to follow God. It's mm-hmm. wonderful. Yeah. That's so good. Babe? I'm, I have to piggyback uh, what Robin said about how, like, when you are holding, because I just recently had my son Samuel. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, it's about three we- a little bit less than three weeks ago, and it just kind of brought back to memory of my other two, just, like, being able to stare at your newborn for hours. And like you said, they don't do anything. They don't respond but there's like this deep love that is so amazing, so precious, and it's like so hard to explain. But um, to just think about that God loves us more than that, yeah. like how, you don't think that's even possible when you're holding your baby. You're like, how, God, how can you love this child or me more than myself, more than me loving my child? And so I think that gives me so much peace to know and to know to not worry kind of brings me back to my verse because I know God has my son's, my daughter's best interest in mind and no matter what happens. So, um, yeah, I totally agree with that. It's just like, it's just a new level of love that you've never had experienced. And so I feel honored that God has allowed me to experience that. So... Yeah. That's awesome. Can we give the moms a wow. hand? And <laughs> right on. Cool. So uh, we're going to 
end it. And thank you so much for just sharing um, your guys' heart and being vulnerable. And happy Mother's Day. And so uh, before we uh, end, I just wanted to share with you what I believe uh, God was giving me, specifically for the moms. But, but I think, like, if you're here and you're not a mom, if you're a dude, hey. Um, like, I think that this, this can uh, pertain to you as well. Um, and then once I share this, and we'll, again, we'll have the moms come up, and, and we'd love to pray for you. Um, but I felt like God was showing me the verse in Genesis chapter 18. Um, and I'll go ahead and read it, and then I'll give a little uh, dialogue with it, and then, and then we'll finish. But this is Genesis 18. It's on the screen, too. But it says this, The Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in years. The way of women had ceased to be with Sarah. Now, a little backdrop of what's happening here. The first time that we're introduced to Sarah, I believe, is in uh, chapter 16. And we learn right off the bat uh, that Sarah is unable to, ha- uh, to give birth. Uh, and then, so that, that's uh, chapter 16. Then you fast forward to where we're at, chapter 18. And uh, she still has that same, the same um, thing going on. She's still unable to give birth. And um, what, what is very interesting to me is that, this, this, uh, that God, he came and he said, this time next year, Sarah, you're going to have a baby. Well, I'm reading that and I'm thinking, but... She was never able to have a baby, right? But even now, like even if she wanted to, even if she was able to, the author that's writing this said that she is so old, she like physically can't. You you guys get, like she physically can't. And so like I'm reading this and I'm like, what in the world? This, this idea that this, this poor woman, she, she had a desire that was placed inside of her from the beginning. And fast forward, some odd years, years had to have gone by, and she's still in that same predicament. She's, she, was, she had a God desire birthed inside of her, but she's still unable to see it birth. And I was thinking about that, and I felt like God was telling me like that some people in here today, Like maybe it's not the idea that you physically are unable to give birth, but this idea that from a long time ago, God has placed something inside of you that you are still waiting for. That there's something that God has placed uh, inside of you, a desire, your purpose, your calling, and, and you're waiting. You've been waiting, some of you, years and years and years for God. You, you spoke this in my life, but I'm still waiting. Is that anyone this morning? And I feel like Sarah, she, she gets in this really bad place. Watch her response in verse 12. It says this, so Sarah laughed to herself, saying, after I am worn out and my Lord is old, shall I have pleasure? Like, I love this because she's, she's laughing. That God is like, hey, you're going to have a baby this time next year. And she laughs, y'all. 
You know what kind of laugh it is too. Like that, <laughs> you're dumb, right? You're crazy. You don't understand. You don't understand how many, how many years have gone on. You don't understand the backdrop. You don't understand the things that I've had to fight for. And, and Sarah, she responds in three reasons why she feels like God can't, can't do what, what he's saying that she can do. She says this, the first one. She said, I'm worn out. She's like, man, my past, like I've had a hard past. I've lived a long life. I'm exhausted. I am so beat up. I am so worn out. And then her second thing, she says, she's like, my husband's too old. He's currently too old. Come on, use your imagination for that one. <laughs> too far, John, too far. <laughs> Welcome to Discovery. And then the third thing she says is that even, even if I didn't have a long life, even if I wasn't worn out, even if my husband wasn't old, if that was all taken, could I still even have pleasure? She's, she's like, could, could, even, could I even still have this pleasure of not just having the baby, but could I even enjoy having the baby? And I was reading that, and I feel like she, she hit this, this uh, place of hopelessness, right, that, that affected her past, her present, and her future. See, her past, I was worn out. Her, her present, currently, my husband's too old. And future... Like, even if this was able to happen, could I even enjoy it? See, I feel like for a lot of us in here this morning, moms, dads, singles, kids, this idea that, um, Man, you, you've lost hope in your past. You just had a horrible past. It's been rough. Maybe mom walked out, dad walked out, husband left, wife left. And your past, man, you're like, man, I'm worn out. And then if you've noticed, like past, sometimes if you don't, if you don't break it, your past can affect your present. And then so now because you had a, a horrible past, now you're you can't even enjoy your present. Because you're present, present, you're like, man, he's too old. Currently, this cannot happen. And so I think those are two, two ideas of hopelessness. But, but here's the one that, that, that scares me the most is that when you don't deal with the past, you don't deal with the present of that hopelessness, then your, then your future can get affected. See, notice how because her past and her present were rough, she didn't even have hope for her future. I feel like there's some of you in here this morning, man. Like you've lost hope in what God has spoken because you had a hard past, because currently life is hard. And you're looking at the future and you're like, man, there's no way. 
There is no way that anything good is going to come. Like you're hoping. You're trying to think positive. You're, you're like, maybe if I show up at church every Sunday, like maybe I'll be encouraged. And, and, and this idea of hopelessness just like, man, I, I feel like we are in a generation, a culture of hopelessness. But I love what God says. I love how God, in spite of her hopelessness, he, he, he ignites hope inside of her. And so this morning, if you're here and you find yourself hopeless, I want you to listen to what God says to Sarah to ignite hope. And the first one is this. In verse 13, the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? <laughs> Why did Sarah laugh and say, shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Verse 14, is anything too hard for the Lord to do? Come on, somebody. Is anything too hard for the Lord to do? The first way that God ignites hope is by reminding her of the magnitude of what he's capable of. See, I think some of us this morning, we got to remind ourselves the magnitude of who God is. The magnitude of who you believe God is sets the expectation of what you have for him. Some of y'all, you you have God in this little box. You You gotta set the magnitude of who God is through the circumstance and situations that you're going through. Your faith in God needs to reflect the magnitude of God. I'll say that again. Your faith in God needs to reflect the magnitude of God. Come on. He he said, is there anything too hard for me to do? I am way happy that I serve a God that is not like, ooh, that one's going to be hard. Try, Try the next one. What's your second issue that you're going through? Let's try that one. Like, I'm so glad that's not my God. I'm so glad that, that the God that I serve isn't looking when I'm like, hey, God, fix my marriage. He's, he's not like, it's kind of messed up. It's pretty messed up right now. <laughs> Do a couple counseling classes and come back to me, and we'll see if it works out. <laughs> he said, is there anything too hard? Come on, somebody. Is there anything too hard for, my, for me to do? Come on. He wants you to understand the magnitude of who he is. And the second one is in verse, uh, still verse 14. He says this, at the appointed time, I will return to you. About this time next year, and Sarah shall have a son. The second way that God ignited hope is by reminding her about the significance of time. He said, at the appointed time, which means to me that not all time is created equal, which means that there are seasons in which God wants to move and will move, but it's not based off of our time. He said, at the appointed time. See, some of you in here, you've been waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting. You're like, God, did you forget? 
God, did you forget what you promised me? God, did you forget about the desire you've placed in me? God, when are you going to let me use my calling? When, is, when are you going to allow me to use my purpose? And, and, and for many of us, we thought, we're, 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 we're thinking that this train just passed us by. And he's waiting because it's not the appointed time yet. The appointed time. Listen, this morning, whatever you're going through, I, I want to encourage you. Whatever hopelessness that you have found yourself in, whatever he has called you to, he hasn't forgotten. If it's a God-placed desire, he doesn't lie. It'll come to pass at the appointed time. Amen, somebody? Thank you for listening to Discovery Church Podcast. Remember, we will have a new message for you every Monday at 5 p.m. Make sure to like and subscribe, and you will be notified when a new episode is ready for listening.